Hey everybody, Schmitty here for the Three Way Miss Crew. We want to thank you again for listening to the podcast and we put together a little holiday show for you to close out the year. We take some time to recap our year on the podcast. We talk about the latest with Tiger and Charlie and we have a very special guest for everyone as well. Before we get to the show, I want to thank all of you for sticking with us over the course of the last year. Obviously, this has been a learning experience for Scott, TK, and me, and and we're really committed to bringing you even more content next year. I also really want to thank Golf and Ski Warehouse and the New Hampshire Distributors for their support of the show over the last year. We hope you enjoy the last show of 2021. A few of us were enjoying a glass of some holiday cheer, and we hope we can put a smile on your face one last time. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the first holiday episode of the Three Way Miss podcast. Um, you know, guys, I was thinking, you know, Barstool has stoolies, right? And other podcasts have a little pet name they call their listeners. What are we going to call our listeners? Missies. They're missies. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll, we have, we'll work on we, that. Can we get a list and choose yes, from it? We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Thanks, well, we got three options. Missies, missies, and missies. Okay, we've been decided. Wow. Okay. Well, we we did want to put together one final show before we close the year out, and it's, it's going to be a special one. I think we've got a very special guest and you know tk and scott i'm usually throwing it to you guys to introduce our guest and let you do a big rundown of the bio i i'll let you two fight over this one as who wants to introduce our guest for this episode oh the beer man's got to run with this one. Oh, i was thinking our senior statesman our ceo mr scott peter should introduce <laughs> come on beer man get it going you guys have more pin cushions with each other you might as well get it started well that could have been prep for this one all right that's fine that's fine Hailing from the great north in way up in northern New Hampshire, a little town called Bethlehem. Grew up across. Seems appropriate on holiday week to have someone from Bethlehem, but go ahead. It all works. all works. Grew up across the street from a little little course called Bethlehem Country Club, right? Why do you keep using the word little? Uh, This is a funny side story. This summer I asked his son, Eli, (laughs) if he was small and he said, no, he's tiny. So <laughs> with that said, welcome to the holiday podcast, Mr. Matt Keen. Glad to have you. So the Rolodex, the Rolodex is officially run dry for you boys. I get it. <laughs> you know, Titans, Titans, Titans of Industry CEO of Taylor May. Right. Titans of yeah, Industry in, in golf, and, and we end up with you for our holiday show. But uh, well, I was I, talking to Matty Schmidt about this, Matt Keen, because you know, I think your name, other than perhaps Rory McElroy. <laughs> Rory, Rory McElroy. I think you're also tiny. Second. Also tiny. <laughs> well, Matt, we're we're glad that you're here. Um, you know, before we get into some of the stuff we wanted to to talk about as we sort of put a bow on 21, you know, you obviously are a listener. Um just give us a, a little bit of what your thought was when you heard that we were we were putting this thing together. And, you know, the three of us now, some of us longer than others. But what was your sort of thought when you heard it? And then as you've heard the episodes kind of evolve over the years. 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 Year. Year. Singular year. year. I'm assuming we're going to keep doing year. this. Wow. Let's Holy. extend the let's extend the intro. I can I think I can expand on who I am a little bit more. I think it's helpful. Uh, three time NHGA champion. I mean, yes. <laughs> 
all of them were on the, on, the, on the back of Sam Natty. So maybe none of them were individual championships, but I, I mean, the trophies are still on the wall. So very, very proud of those. No, I was pumped. I mean, obviously Tyler's one of my best friends, has been for years. Scott is somebody that I've looked up to for, for years. And, and Matt, obviously you and I have known each other from golf tournaments over, over the past decade or, or so. And, and so I just thought it was great that the three of you guys were getting together and doing this. I mean, you guys, you guys had a podcast in the past and, and that was great. And I was a listener to that. And then obviously just having the three of you where I'm, I'm close with all three of you, I just, uh, you know, I was excited. And, and I think on behalf of all of the New Hampshire golf, association players and listeners you know just hope you guys keep this going you've, you're getting you're you're far exceeding uh any of our expectations as far as the guests you know stands today i guess um <laughs> did that happen on episode two we made yeah. two episodes yeah, ser seriously uh so it's just been it's been fun to listen to i'm waiting for more i want i want these to keep coming out so no i'm excited to be here excited thank you guys for for doing this and um yeah no that's that's about it well, yeah, I mean, I look, I think that's the, the guests have been awesome. I think the three of us have been overwhelmed by it. And, and you know, we had some challenges this year that kind of kept us from being a, as consistent, I think, as we wanted to be. And I think that's something that we'll address next year. But, um, you know, it's, it, we've come a long way. I was sitting one room over the very first episode when let's not ease into this. Let's have the CEO of Cowley Golf on. Um, I don't know if I've ever been that nervous in my entire life talking to a guy who it turns out you could talk to about anything for any amount of time, just as easy as to, it can be to talk to. So it's been it's been fun. I think the three of us really enjoyed doing it. So we're we're thrilled to have you. And, and like Scott said, nobody gets more run on this stupid podcast than you do somehow or another. But anyway, yeah, I was actually saying I was I was it's been, I don't know, a handful of episodes since my name's been brought up. So I kind of strong arm myself into this position. I just figured <laughs> just get right to it. So um, obviously, we'll talk a little bit about the, the future of the podcast here as we get in this. But I think that we are a golf podcast and we are to my knowledge, the number one golf podcast in New England, which is a statistic I just made up. Um, but I, I, I don't think that we've collectively had the chance to talk about Tiger and what's happened in the last, what, three, four weeks, really, where we finally got to see him out in public. We got to see him hitting balls. Oh, and then lo and behold, he's playing in a golf tournament and competing again um, last weekend. So, Scott, I'll, I'll start with you. I mean, did you see this coming did you see him back playing this soon obviously there's a long way to go i mean you have people talking about april i've got my own opinion about that but just talk about kind of what it means to the game to, to actually have him back out there again even if it was a hit and giggle yeah boy there's there's a lot uh, a lot of meat on that bone in the sense that, that we could we could run far and wide with this i guess my first instinct would be to say that i was i was really quite surprised that he played um i'm lucky enough to be at a club in florida where where you kind of have a good idea where he is as far as his health and things and you know before that video he posted hitting a, a ball at medalist for uh, on the range there was nothing right there was no indication of golf there was no i mean the, the silence was deafening as they say right and so we see him hit that one ball but i think that was only a week or 10 days at most in front of the hero, the tournament that he hosted. Um, so I didn't really think much of it then. Then you see him hitting lots of balls at the hero. And then, then I hear get word that he's going to play. And so uh, I was 
pleasantly surprised and quite honestly, um, very much looking forward to this weekend. I think this weekend, I mean, it surpassed all expectations. I mean, on so many levels. I mean, there were so many, I mean, just, just not even on the course stuff. I mean, off the course stuff with, with the Lee Trevino range session on Friday and the, and the Nelly Corda, you know, yeah, that was uh, great autograph on, on Saturday. And, and then, and then 11 birdies in a row on Sunday. I mean, there's so much to touch on, but you know, the reality well, and the, is how about the hug on 18 between him and Charlie? I mean, that's the best for all of us who love the game. That's what it's all about. Right. The best. Right. And so it was so good. I mean, it, it far surpassed anything I thought uh, he was going to be. Um, I think there are some still real concerns going forward, but this weekend, I thought it was spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to piggyback on that, I mean, Matt, you talk about the hug on 18. For all of us that either played with our dads or play with our sons, that strikes another whole, you know, chord with all of us, right? So 10 months ago, we didn't know if he was going to golf again. And we start to get a little glimpse that maybe he's going to golf again in a very, you know, hit and giggle level, as, as you said. And then we see that, no, there's a horizon. There's something we're going after here. And then the layer underneath that is the family component, right? So that, that is just like, you got this double component that pulls at your heartstrings as a, as a father or a son. And then as golfing diehards, we're like, where are we? What's next? What's in 2022? And Matt, to your point, you, you, you got the masters where he's got every nook and cranny in his cranium about how to get around that course. But the flip side of that is it's the hardest walk in the business. And then you go to the last major of the year, which is the 150th at St. Andrews. So it's like, there's so many storylines underneath that this past weekend. And side note, has anyone ever got more out of a sponsorship than PNC? I mean, they probably gave him some December deal, right, to sign it as a title sponsor. And everybody knows those three letters in the golfing community. This and it, probably greater than the golfing community. This you know world. what the business is, though? What's that? What is PNC? Is this <laughs> an anyway, ask or is, is, is it's I don't even ask. know. But your point is well made, but I thought about it. Financial, well, yeah. <laughs> financial, but, but totally, right? But who, I bet there's some Googling going on, and that's all right. those companies are looking for, right? right? Financial services. Yep. So I mean, give, I, us, give us your thoughts. Yeah. Well, first, I mean, you got, you got John Daly, who's one of the most entertaining people on the planet. The guy dresses up like Santa Claus during the week and he still doesn't get, he wins the tournament and still doesn't get the attention because he got Charlie and Tiger there. I mean, it was, it was so much fun to watch. I don't know who I was more excited to watch Charlie or Tiger. I was pumped about both. Uh, every shot. I, th I think I was, I was more excited about, about Charlie, but it was, uh, it was so much fun to watch. I, it made me quickly think, all right, are, are any of these four majors, like Ty uh, Tyler just said, are any of them willing to let Tiger play with a, with a golf cart? Because he's in if he can play with a golf cart, but he did look a little stiff. Well, he already said, Ump, you saw, he already dressed up. Yeah. Absolutely no way ever, ever will he play with a cart. And, and No, he said that? All right, I didn't hear that. And that's, and that's the right thing to say. I think it's the right thing to do. I, uh, I don't see that as being him at all, but yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I couldn't know, believe how far his game had come. I mean, I he looked like he was, I, I was shocked how good his game was. 
Well, that's 170 ball speed. That's that's right there on tour average. It's pretty good. And that's the whole thing. I mean, Scotty, you, you brought up we had a little glimpse of a, of a 10 to 20 second video. And that's typically all he's given us. You know what I mean? Over the course of time. Right. He's like, always literally that's all he's I mean, that's all right. And so what else, I mean, that's the thing with Tiger. Right. He's always working. He said even since the day he got in the accident in the in the hospital room in, in, in Los Angeles, he was doing things with his hands just to keep his hands active because of, you know, how he uses his hands in the swing. So he's that always got him in trouble something. in the past, I think. Yeah. <laughs> in many different ways. <laughs> so true. The point is, we don't know. He's always doing something to get ready for what's next. And regardless of how much he downplays it verbally in the media. Right. So. Has, well, has, I, I, Scott, I agree with you. The, the, him hitting so many good shots and playing so well, I think was what was most surprising because I don't think it's, I shouldn't say, I kind of agree. I was shocked that he actually played really because you just thought he was, he was not even close to being at that point yet, but it was not just playing. It was how well he played and the shots he played and hitting ripped little cut drivers on Sunday trying to win a golf tournament, which again, I understand this is not like trying to win a major championship, but it was, it was unbelievable to me. And it really does. Okay. I, everybody go on the record. He's not playing at Augusta, right? No chance. There's no way. I mean, it's no just chance. impossible. I got, no, no, I got no. two shaking there. One shaking his head. Like he thinks there's a I'm chance. Saying yeah. I'm saying, oh, yes. I'm saying yes. I just watching him walk from his car to the clubhouse. And then from his, when he would hit the ball back to the cart, just did not look well. There's know. no chance he can walk. Four days, 72 holes on that course, no chance. I mean, I'd almost <laughs> argue there's a there's a bigger chance he never plays Augusta than, than he played. I mean, it's such a difficult walk, and you don't know, none of us are ever going to know the extent of the damage that has been done to that leg, that it may not be something that he can ever overcome when you factor in the fact that he's what 46 now well, going to be 46 i think yeah, in, right in the next couple of weeks or weeks yeah his birthday's like, the end i got to get that card out to him son of a gun <laughs> i think he's playing i think he's playing i think he'll do it i i think it's been i mean i think if you asked me 2 weeks ago no way but i think i think it's happening i think he's going to do it it's a we're a ways away a lot can happen a few months well you know I, the only reason i give you some credibility for that is because why would you doubt him? I mean, at this point, I mean, right. why do you doubt this guy at this point? I, I, again, I was, I was blown away, but I would tell you this as, as the golf geek that I am, I, I saw some things when he tried to go hard at it that worried me that clearly he's having a hard time getting off his right leg. Right. So that you can see that in the slow-mo. And then I worry that, you know, when you make, when you try to make up for something that isn't the same before you know it, you might be creating another problem. And, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't want to be the, the Debbie downer on, on the Monday here, but I just, it worries me a little bit, but the weekend is so good. I, I think that's being very realistic. I mean, who knows what in the intricacies of his swing he's changed to compensate for the injury. And if, and when he does fully heal from the injury, is it going to be as easy as flipping the switch and going back to, you know, whatever the old swing used to be? I mean, you're talking about integrating different muscles and a slightly different movement. And those guys are so dialed in that any, any small change like that, he could be fighting it then to get it back. And, and 
it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I, 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 I think that the guy is absolutely um, a machine. I mean, he's still at, at this he age. He played five rounds and then he shows up and he plays like that. That's crazy. He's well, so yeah, he's two, still, two rounds prior to that. I think five he's total. so singularly focused on being the best. And he's still, after all this time, when he doesn't, he doesn't have anything left to prove. I know in his mind he does. Obviously, he wants to break the record, but I mean, you, you can't. I think find... Charlie's a huge asset in this whole process. Absolutely. Huge and so, asset. speaking of Charlie, can we talk about the iron on seventeen? Was that the shot of the weekend? Little pull, yeah, definitely. <laughs> pulled it by. Pulled it by a couple feet. And by the way, same tee, right? It's the same tee. Hold, they played from the. 170 yards, 170. Yards. I mean, that's, left that's, pin with a left to right wind. And I mean, why are we, we shouldn't even be talking about Tiger playing in the masters when Charlie's obviously going to win all four majors this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to have the fearlessness of a 12 year old with well, that. No, shot, but huh? say guys, small stick together, small stick together. Yeah, we okay? do. Yeah, we do. I thought you were going to say the fearlessness of having one show up for one podcast, never returning. On a on a serious note, I mean, we've all been watching Tiger now for what, what thirty years. I has he ever been more beloved than he is right now? I mean, I know that he's been more famous and more hot, but has he ever been more beloved? I mean, you got Nelly Corda running up there. You know why? Because he's never been more human. Yeah, you're right. Being a dad, being a dad made him more made him yeah. more lovable, made him likable. Yeah. Actually, not so lovable. I, Likeable. I, I mean, I was when he was kind of in his prime, Matt. I I did not care for. Didn't. I didn't care for him. I didn't. I no. wasn't rooting for him. I was rooting for other people to win. You know, it made me root for freaking David Duvall for God's sakes. But I just, you know, I didn't care for him. What did poor David do? What's wrong with him? <laughs> Nothing really. Yeah, he just, poor David. I mean, holidays. I don't know. But, His celebration fist pumps are pretty. Sorry, odd. Dave. With sorry, the shirt untucked when he shot fifty nine. <laughs> Just lost uh, a yeah. listener. Same but with the Ryder Cup. Same with the Ryder Cup when he, he dropped his butter and gave the double. You know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I totally agree with you. He has he when when he won the Masters, I sat there in awe. It was one of those things where you know that you're witnessing greatness. You know that you're witnessing someone that has legitimately been touched by God and has a gift that other people just don't have. And finally after all these years, he is someone that is human because you see him interacting with his kids. Because I think for all of us mere mortals, that's what's the most important thing in our lives. And you always wondered if it was for him, especially with what went on in his personal life. But now that you see, I think you see that it is the most important thing to him. Okay, so I need help from you three boys because I made a, a wager with a mutual friend of all three of ours. Admit it or not, it's live podcast here, but Jake Ober is a friend of all three of us. <laughs> And nobody friend. loves Jake more. Or nobody loves Tiger more than Jake. And 2000 and whatever it was, 17 or 18, I placed a wager because Jake said he'll win at least two more majors. I said, absolutely not. And of course, a year after that, he wins 2019 Masters. Fast forward, car accident. I said, take, Jake, I'll take a 50% buyout right now. Nope, nope, he's going to win another major. So my question simply is, will he win another major? No. Are we getting, are we getting to our bold predictions of 2022 no, already? No, I'm, <laughs> no I'm, I, want it, I need some help understanding if I'm going to win or lose my bet with Jake. That's really where I'm going. 
I don't, th- I think the odds are pretty split there right now. Honestly, how, how could you bet against him? How could you bet against him right now? Phil Mickelson just won at 50 and his game is, can go so many different directions wrong. Right. And tiger, there's so many unknowns. We've just talked about a bunch of them. There's so many unknowns. I wouldn't bet against him right now. I think he's going to compete. I think he will compete in a handful or a few more majors and win. That is a tough one. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's 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 too too high of a mountain to climb. I and you look at how much talent there is out there right now, and how much talent there's going to be coming up, and he's only going to get older and diminished and i understand diminished is relative right because he's still extremely good but younger players who don't have the health issues that he's had and will continue to have to go through with the rehab of the leg i just man it's it's such a such a big ass to think that with i mean i i understand the point about phil tk but phil didn't have the injury issues that the tigers had and I think that's a big part of it. Phil's been able to really keep his body in good shape for a large portion of his career. Phil's in better shape now than he was for the first it's, 20 It's a years great point. Career. I mean, you look at him in 04 when he was doughy Phil, right, with the man boobs, and now he's he actually takes boobs. care of his body. Coffee. Um, All the coffee. It's – I don't know. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be tough. But at the same time, I sit here saying that, and I, I, I think I have the same thought as all of you. Why would I bet against him? I, I think a good question did a little prep work before this. And uh, so Tiger is 520th in the world or 523. He's right around 500. I think last week it was 500. It went up to 523. I don't know how that stuff works. It seems to jump up and down. But if you, you get points for the father, son, parent, child. No, he went the other way. No, he, oh. went, he went, he went, up. Focus, if you man. had to Focus. make a guess Sorry. Sorry. based on how his health was this year, do you think he's, Better than 520 or worse than 520 at the end of 2022? Who are, who are 519 and 521? I looked them up. Charlie I Woods, John Daly the second. <laughs> so so here's how it works. Because he didn't play, if he plays in one event and even makes the cut, he will move up. So I believe sure. he will be better than 500. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think those rankings are honestly kind of worthless um but yeah i mean i think he's he'll he'll end up better than that he's better if he plays right if he plays a tournament he's he's exempt in all the good tournaments that there's tons of points and a lot of them well if anything he's he's committed to playing in some capacity he's he said i'm not even going to play anything close to i think even a his normal pga tour schedule probably but he is going to play and I think we all agree he's good enough to to make cuts, particularly in majors, and be you know moderately. I think he can make cuts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good enough to <laughs> good enough to make cuts. Well, I mean, it's not like he's gonna. <laughs> it's not like he's gonna play and shoot eighty. I'm telling no. you, he is going to compete and have I a chance believe- on the weekend at the Open at St Andrews. I agree with that. We're already going to our, our bold of getting no, it's, I don't even think but. that's that bold. It'd be bold if we were going to say he was playing Augusta. I mean, St. Andrews is one of those courses where they can't. I mean, Scotty, you you Ben, they can't move that that far back, right? Well, and there's not any inclines, right? It's flat so as it's can the be, easiest possible walk, right? Unless you're walking into a 40 mile an hour breeze, but I mean, it's the easiest walk you can have, yeah. yeah. So, 
and he only loves the chorus. And oh yeah, by the way, he's only won there twice. And, right. I mean, I mean it's, it's just, just it sets it's up made for him because it's a shot maker's course, not a you know. So. By the way, side note, Matty Schmidt, uh, when are the New Hampshire World Golf Rankings coming out? I think this could be a big thing next year, 2022. I think Scotty Peters could be in the top 20. Don't want to see those. I don't want to see those. Uh, I mean, I'll take the our over. listeners want it. Our listeners over. want it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, that that's that's Tiger. Um, I think. But can we talk just very quickly when Lee Trevino and Tiger and Charlie were on the range? Did you see that awesome. on Friday? Awesome. I mean, you, What's Trevino, 86? Or 80, Gary Player is 86, I think. Correct. I mean, that was, in 20 years from now, you look back and say how priceless it was. But I'm oh, watching hey, it. I was thought it was Hey, Charlie, coolest. hit a driver, hit a wedge like this. My dad <laughs> used to hit the greatest stinger ever. He was, he was the greatest ball striker of all time. Sounds like a <laughs> Scottish Lee Trevino. Yeah, well, that's what he is. Okay. <laughs> okay. How about how about Charlie dropping all those putts in the back nine yesterday? That was crazy. How about the the one I liked when he walked in his dad's putt that he did? Mm, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Club twirl. He's oh, got it. It's, it's fun to watch. The mannerisms. He got a lot of gifts from his dad, and one oh, of them was certainly confidence. Gosh, yeah. the, and the well, mannerisms, the just the, the the physical, some of the things they do is eerily similar we all do things like our parents right but his on the golf course are like they're they're eerie <laughs> it's funny it's funny don't love that he's 12 and i'm 42 and he's better at every aspect of the game than i am it's not great been playing since i could breathe hey genetics genetics are undefeated let's back this up we're gonna give our guests some props here maddie how many hole-in-ones for you it's uh, three hole in ones. No, oh, that's hogwash. It's more than that. Nope. Now he's yeah, downplaying it's three. it. It's three. It's well, three. Three real ones. I don't count the ones that you count. <laughs> <laughs> Chippins don't count. <laughs> nope. nope. Uh, five foot putt does not count as a hole in one. All right. So we've, uh, we're all on the record with Tiger. So uh, we're going to go around the room here and we're going to relive 21 a little bit more. Um, I want everybody to give me what they think was their biggest, biggest story from, from 21 or the biggest takeaway from 21, obviously not tiger tiger. We've kind of talked through that was kind of its own separate thing with the accident and the comeback, but Scotty, let's start with you. We'll just go kind of around the horn in the zoom here, but what was your biggest kind of takeaway from, from 21? Well, I think on the golf course, it was Phil. I mean, the sixth major oldest one to ever win at a course no one would ever guessed coming into a tournament that he had no no reason to even be making a cut so on the course it's got to be phil sadly the story of 21 is the b&b boys old brooks and bryson i mean that dominated the news on a regular basis for almost the whole year and so off the course i would have said it's brooks and bryson and on the course i would have said it's phil well, I, you know, I, I wrote a bunch of things down and Phil, I think you want to talk about, I remember the, the pre PGA championship podcast we did and thinking if any of us had picked Phil, we would have gotten kicked off the podcast. That's how preposterous it was that he won. And then sitting there on the weekend, waiting for Phil to be Phil, right. Waiting for the 12 to come out of nowhere. And it never did. And then the fact that he didn't do anything the rest of the year, 
other than on the champions tour was it, it really is one of those things that you're going to, I think we're going to look back one day and say, I can't believe he won that major at 50. So I, it was something else. It really was TK. What's your, what's, let's go to you. Do you hard to argue with what Scotty's saying there, but I'll go a little bit of a different direction with it. Can you, I mean, from a global standpoint, when Hideki won the masters, right. From a growing the game standpoint. And, and I say that because once Phil won his major, it was almost forgotten or to me, right. I, I live and breathe golf. Literally Hideki wins the masters. It's such a global, it can have such a, it can have such a global impact. And it's just kind of like swept under the rug. I, well, you know, it's a great because- point, TK. I think that's a great point. I didn't think about Hideki, but you know why it didn't, it didn't resonate in our world. No, that's what I mean. You know? Like it just so kind of like, right though. I mean, I so it- low key. Right? right. And he's so uh, understated. Um, and obviously, you know, with the way he interacts with American media, that's that that can be a challenge. I think that's a component of it. But he, he had an amazing win at the Masters. And so, well, another, you know, lead up three and a half months from now, we'll start talking about that again. But it's like, it, where does he in the dialogue? It's it's wild. Right. I agree. I mean, I if you had just asked me who had won the Masters last year, I may have had to think about it a little bit. But it's 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 a great point. I mean. And I think it's, it wasn't surprising because he's been so good for so long and the talent has always been there, but you always wondered if he was a guy who'd ever be able to break through. And he did. Has anyone ever benefited from a rain delay more? Oh my goodness. Unbelievable. We could talk about that, right? That was, I think I was watching with my good friend, Matt here and JT, right? We all thought he was was going to win. He was going to win the golf tournament. JT was going to win the masters rain delay. TK gets sent home. Everything changes. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that was a turning point. All right, Maddie. Yeah, I mean, first two things I thought of were were Phil. I I don't think the Phil win gets enough credit. I think that is an insane win. Uh, I, I, it it will go down. You know, in twenty thirty years, we're going to be thinking about that victory. It was an incredible victory. And then I put globally Hideki. And then and then my third thing was was Scott Peters and Andy Hydorn winning the Tommy Keen Invitation. <laughs> I don't know if it goes beyond that. Uh, if I had to go outside of those two, I think the Colin Morikawa story is is getting really good. Um, I think him winning the race to Dubai, him winning the British Open. I think he's number two in the world right now. I mean. This kid, he's, he, I mean, he's just he is a he's bona fide scary. superstar. He is, he's, 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 he's got it all. So I think, I think watching this little story come along is, has been pretty impressive. And I think I'd have to, to lean that way. Did you guys see the Taylor made holiday card today? Yeah. In the Matty last couple of days. Got his, got his tongue no. stuck in the. So, but the Wolfie's hilarious, but Morikawa in that outfit is his glasses. Yes. You got to see it. I saw it on Twitter today. It was hilarious. Well, tell your friend David, Scotty, that was a good one. Right. Right. So a couple of things to throw out there just as discussion pieces. So obviously everybody has, has mentioned the stuff that I wrote, uh, wrote down. I, I mean, Brooks and Bryson, I think Scott, I mean, more so than it being kind of this cute social media feud, it really way, came to touch a- base on the match, right? Based on, we probably haven't spoken. Spoke, I mean, what a, I mean, what a, Dud, that was. Oh, they both that stink. Was they both stink. You, the match has to be built around Phil and Charles stole the show. The match is built for personalities, not even so much golf, and make it a social event. That's why Phil's been great in it. 
you know, Peyton's even pretty good. The match they did up in Montana was terrible because it, it has to do with the personalities. Absolutely. I watched, I watched the whole thing, but it was terrible. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I did both. Bad timing after the Ryder Cup, too. I mean, it was just, it, it that didn't help. Yep. You know, they get along great there and you come after that. But I, you know, unfortunately, I think all of that stuff reached a tipping point with, with Bryson in the playoff and it got ugly. And I know we we've covered that on the podcast. Um, but the Ryder cup, I think, you know, Scott picked a victory. I think he was the only one of the three of us to pick a victory. Right. Um, and it right too. we, we were giving him a hard time because <laughs> we said, well, if they win by the score you predicted, Scott, and sorry, I don't remember it. It would be a blowout and it was worse than that. So right. a, a young, a young team USA who came out and completely dominated, um, you know, the Olympics, they are what they are, but Xander winning a gold medal, I think is pretty cool for somebody who likes Xander. Um, Matt Wolf was mentioned here talking about Taylor may talk about a guy who went through it all in over the course of the last season and was really candid about some of the struggles that he had. He's a guy who's easy to root for. And it's nice to see him playing again, better again, for sure. Hugely likable kid who, a year ago, we thought he might be, you know, him and Colin Morikawa and Hobland. And then all of a sudden he started shooting 80 and going through a lot of personal things. I was, I was very happy to see him towards the end of the year back yep. playing well again. Um, Nelly Corda, I think warrants a mention, you know, four wins, six additional top 10. She won the gold medal, just a phenomenal year um, on the LPGA tour. John Rahm, you know, we haven't mentioned him. The, the World number one the COVID nightmare and then winning his first major pretty unbelievable year. And he was a guy that for the, the better part of the season, I think everybody talked about it. He was easily the best player in the world. So he finally I mean, got off the, the schneid with a major. What, what do we think? And I know you're probably going to jump to 2022 in, in, a, in a bit, but I mean, do we see anybody being number one other than Rom at the end of next year? Well, Mark I just Ellis think right on the cusp. He's right there. I mean, Tough. I, I don't see them as, as the same player by any stretch. But, you know, I was thinking when you mentioned Murakawa, you know, what was Tiger's greatness? All the things you, know, you think about he was great at. Probably his iron play was was as good, if not better, than anyone else. It sounds like Murakawa is that same kind of guy, too. Yeah. So I don't think he's a flash in the pan. I think his game's going to – it's not going away. No, he's – like I said, he's he's a superstar. Um and then you have Hovland who bursts onto the scene. I think we all knew the talent was there and he had a great, great year. He, he won three times. And then I think what, what is the future with these new tours and the competition for the PGA tour and the money that's being thrown around where, where is the game going to be in a year, three years, five years, when you have so much money and you guys are going to make fun of me, but I'm not trying to pull it back to another sport, but, TK and I talked about, you know, the, the, the college football coaching, the, the, the money that they're throwing at these guys is ridiculous right now, right? That's, that is changing the calculus you're talking about life-changing wealth that they're, they're giving these guys. And these tours are coming in saying, we're going to offer you money that you'll never be able to win on the PGA tour. And what's the PGA tour is being forced to be reactive here to, to try to keep players involved. So where is the game going with these other with these other tours that are competing for these guys, and they've got the dollars to do it? I, Absolutely, I keep telling uh, two my... things, Matty. One, uh, this is also a Notre Dame football show, so we're okay with that, right? We've established that. 
I know Scotty loves it. It's that. also the number one Notre Dame football yeah. podcast in the Northeast. I just made that up as well. I love the fact that I was excluded. That was my issue. I was excluded from the Notre You're Dame. Probably football. on the range with Tiger or something. I mean, probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. It's, I, I, Matt, it's a great point. I mean, it, it is one of these. The, the tour seems to be, the PGA tour seems to be super guarded about what their next moves are until they drop these bags of cash. And you wonder if we had such reserves, why weren't we allocating them accordingly anyways? I think there's a lot of questions to be asked. I don't know the validity of these other tours that are going to happen. They're surely going to steal some guys and there are going to be some fireworks at some point. Um, I don't, the PGL seems to maybe want to align more with the tour than I'm going to mess this up. The SGL, there might be another acronym in there, but there's a lot of confusion a between what's going on. And I just don't think that, I don't think the tour is being very transparent about moves and maybe they don't have to be, but that's the way I feel. Well, they've never been challenged like this before. There's never been another potential product out there that could bring viewers and players away from what they've had out there. Well, well we talked and we, we've talked about the world golf championships because that was one of the last kind of right. pieces yep. in Scotty. When was that in the nineties? Do you recall? I don't. Uh, yeah. Oh, so man. sometime in the mid nineties, mid nineties, mid nineties concept comes up, boom, Fincham sweeps it and brings it under the tour. That was probably the last big challenge I assume. Right. Well, look, I mean, competition is a good thing. Yeah. Breeds right? better, breeds and better so, product. So when you're challenged, you like any business, you look at every aspect of your business and how do we get better and what aren't we doing well and what do we need to do differently and all that kind of stuff. The reality is they haven't really been challenged for a long time. Um, so, so I think there's one aspect. I also thought they got a huge boost when Tiger came out and said, this is my tour. Yeah, it's my legacy. And, and, and you know what? It was not only good for him to say that, because it was good for his legacy, but it's also good for the tour. And and I personally, in the long run, it'll still be the PGA Tour will be the go-to. Um, but you know, you may have to go through a, a couple of blips. Like I mean, look at it, everything else. The NFL had the XFL or the USFL, and they came and they made some some inroads to some degree, and they created some change in the NFL. But inevitably, the NFL stayed and survived and prospered. And I think. That sort of reminds me what's going on now. Um, but to your point, TK, it's a good one. You know, why are they so worried about if you go there, you, you're you now kicked out of the tour and stuff. So there's clearly some protectionism, you know, that's going on. And I'm not sure how it ends up, but, but you know, and then you mentioned the money part. The reality is they all make a lot of money now. So I don't know. I don't know how much more they need to make in order to make a change that then affects their future forever. Or their or their their legacy, for lack of a better way to put it. Maddie, give us some of your thoughts on these uh, competing tours out there. I mean, I think you have you have Rory and Tiger back in the PGA Tour, which is pretty much all you need. Uh, I mean, they, it's all about the legacy, like Scott and and Tyler are both mentioned. It's it's you know anything beyond that, you're going to maybe get some guys who are on the back end, back nine of their their career, and maybe they'd go over to get that 20 million. I'm waiting for my letter. I told my wife if we get this, we're moving to Saudi. I'm happy to do it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> wait, you know, it hasn't come across yet. 
But I, I don't think that Greg Norman's really. Where do you one. go burka shopping? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to do it. I'll lead the charge. Um, no, I, you know, I, I think it all comes down to legacy. What I mean, the, the golf is a historical sport. You know, who's going to join a new tour? And and I just don't. I don't see it going anywhere. I really don't. I just don't see it going anywhere. It's been this conversation's been happening for like you guys said for 20 years. These these right, and, and which is how we ended up with the World Golf Championships for a little bit, right. right? And so it'll 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 tweak the PGA tour enough to make some changes, like as TK already mentioned, all of a sudden they seem to found more money for everyone. Seems and now now they want are getting bumped and right. And now they want to do a Netflix show that's gonna give right. us all what we want, which is more access to the players and more behind the scenes stuff. And you look at and I know we talked about this, but the, the growth of F1, I mean, in this right. country, the, the amount of people talking about F1 last weekend with the the, the yep. last race of the year, a lot of that has to do with because you let people, they let people in that on the Netflix show, that that's what got people interested. And if it makes the, the PGA tour, Scott, to your point, it's competition, right? We need a better product. That's more relatable, that more people feel like they can, get involved with non-golfers too you got to bring the non-golfers in or the very casual golfers it's only it's only going to be a good thing for all of us who can want to consume as much of it as we can well i mean what did this last weekend show us that if you give us a little bit of the inside give us a little bit of of you as a human give us a little bit of of you the family guy and the friends and the connections and we we devour it right and so you know Good example was just this weekend. Absolutely. I like I like that you say that about this weekend, but I also liked that uh, on that last six, seven holes of, of that tournament this weekend, Charlie and Tiger weren't talking to each other. They were incredibly serious. They I mean it was that they were they didn't care about being on camera. It was insane how focused Charlie was on those last whatever, six, seven, eight holes. Was, Which is was, a tremendous skill that not, yeah. not many people have. I think that's pretty underrated. Yeah. I think it reminds me of Tyler and Jake coming down the stretch qualifying. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're usually not like talking to each other. Tyler right? and Tyler. <laughs> you know, the F the F one type show that's coming up. I don't know. Is, is this going to be an HBO show? I don't know. It it's an, it's, it's a, I believe it's a Netflix, Netflix thing. Yeah, it's it's Netflix. Netflix. I, I'm curious to how we as hardcore fans will view this. I, I feel like it'll be, um, it'll be tough to, you know, being the, you know, trying to follow the F1 thing is, is going to be really tough, but it, they've got to get the studs. They've got to get the Rory's. They got to get Spieth. They've got to get Dustin. They've got to get even Tiger to, to, to buy in on it or else I think it'll be really tough for it to be successful. And I think they've got to get the real moments, the real emotion. And I'm not, I'm not saying you have to go out there and, and create rivalries, but yeah. You know, when somebody does something that pisses somebody else off on the golf course, I we want to know that. We want to know yeah. when two guys are butting heads about something. And right. I, I just really hope that they don't go into this thing saying, okay, we're doing this and that's enough and we'll make sure it's properly scripted and we'll protect our players and we'll protect our brand. That would be that would be frustrating to me. If you're gonna do it, do it the right, right. way and let those real moments actually come out and let us see them. Because we, you I mean, know, it's it's an emotional sport. We all we've all been there and seen it. 
it happens. But that's always been the PGA Tour way, right? We're not going to tell you what people are fined, what they're fined for. We're going to we're going to restrict the content that anybody has access to. So it is. I mean, if they can get inside that little circle, then it'll be it'll be awesome. But if they can't, PGA Tour, hard, hard knocks PGA Tour. Yeah, yeah, it'd be awesome. It would be actually. All right. Well, I know we're closing in on an hour here. Oh, let's and, go. And... Uh, let's go. Favorite guest moments, so not favorite guests. So we don't have to sing one out. What about favorite oh, guest moments? Favorite guest moment. I mean, I got to think we're, we're in it, right? I mean, that's well, I feel like exactly. we're in the middle of the favorite oh, guest moment absolutely. right now. No? Episode 16 is our peak moment of the year for sure. <laughs> no, I would say honestly for me, and this is kind of pulling back the current a little bit. Um, one of our first ones with, with Rich Lerner. Um, so I don't, I don't think the listeners know. Rich was actually sitting in his car doing, doing in the podcast in Connecticut, doing the podcast with us. And I mean, it, it was a guy sitting in his car with, obviously he's got a relationship with Scott. He doesn't know Tyler I from Adam, which is fine, but this is a guy who's sitting in his car in Connecticut. It's cold. And he could have probably sat there and talked about golf and told stories for another hour if we had, had wanted him to. Easily. And that, that was just one of those moments where you realize you've connected with someone who you see on TV every week and you see him interacting with the best players in the world. And this is just a down to earth guy who at his core just loves golf. So that was, that was to me something that was really cool. So I, I'm going to have to add on to that one because Rich's was definitely one of mine hard hard not to be for all of us but his frank stocky story is is to me i think one of the best stories he told all year you know frank stocky this grizzled tanned old pro with unfiltered camels and then he's in the shop one day and frank's telling a story about how he was leading the reading open after shooting a 69 and rich goes are you are you kidding me frank and he goes what happened Went out, got drunk, <laughs> got laid, shot 81, missed the cut. <laughs> that to me was one of the, because we all know somebody just like Frank Stocky. And Rich is one of the great storytellers of all time. So that, that he was, he was so, so special. I totally agree. I, I you know, it's funny. I, I think that I, I'm going to sort of two-pronged answer. One is that I need to acknowledge, I think Chip Brewer, not only was he great because he was our first, but I kind of felt like he gave us a bit of badly needed credibility. <laughs> so to have him go first, I thought was great. He was great. We burned through it in a year, but. <laughs> Rich Lerner was great because he couldn't have been any more entertaining. And I thought David Abley's from TaylorMade was spectacular just because Absolutely. he would have, you know, he was, he was bright. He's articulate. He's a great storyteller and, and, and incredibly uh, motivating. Um, so I won't go with maybe my best moment, but I certainly can relate to the most awkward moment. And I think when, when we, we asked Rich Beam about, about the Alan Chipnick book, <laughs> I think, I think there was a prophetic pause that we're all going, Oh, oh this is making a turn for the worse. So good. So good. <laughs> I, 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 and now with like fire pit collective, I'm seeing Alan Shipnick everywhere and I, I hate the guy and I don't even know him. Isn't that funny? I had the same thought. Yeah. It's so yeah. weird. Uh, I, I, Scotty, you're right. We bookended, we bookended, you know, our, our, you know, worldwide golf guests with, with Chip and David, which was incredible. 
Uh, but I thought we had so many little nuggets from people throughout the year, like, you know, with Nathaniel Crosby and now, and then Stuart Hageman wins the, wins the mid-am. And well, all two I can things think- with Stuart, right, was A, he never met a mirror he didn't like. Right, that's blasters. all I can think about with Stuart <laughs> is that he haven't met a mirror he didn't like. Right. It's un- it's such and he a predicted he was going to win more more USGA titles and goes ahead and wins. He predicted it. We should have yeah. got the we should have got to Vegas. That was pretty good. So good. good. All right, Maddie. As a, as a listener, what what did you love from your perspective? I didn't like many of them. To be honest. <laughs> no. Do I have to say Jared Rice just because I know him and he's a buddy? He uh, hasn't listened to one episode. Yeah, yeah I don't think he's listened. I, you hey, know, you know I, what, Matt? I, I honestly, I was going to say this that I, I you want to talk about a kind of a prophetic guest to have at a moment where it it actually meant a lot was to have Jared on the show and and you know losing Todd kind of dictated a lot of what happened to with this podcast. Um, you know, from a strictly NHGA standpoint and and kind of where my my where I was pulled in a different direction. And, and um, I, I thought it was the, the people that I'd heard, heard from, I think to, to have Jared on at that moment, I think was actually, it was, it was pretty special to, to, to be able to talk about, you know, what we had lost as an association and, and, um, and what you guys had lost as a friend. Um, I think it was, it was great to have him on then. And, and then, and honestly did, to kind of expand on that. He was great with all the insight he gave on the players and, and everything he was able to talk about with that. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy. Good. I mean, he's obviously a great guest in, in my opinion, but I mean, honestly, I think, I think you guys have, you guys have done a great job with all the guests. I think the quickest hour was Chantel McCabe. I think she just, she just was so poised and so just so well-spoken. It was, uh, that was a really good listen. I, the, I'm a, I'm an amateur golf geek. So the Nathaniel Crosby stuff really, you know, struck a chord with me, but um, yeah, I really, I really do think all the guests that you guys have had have been great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think at the end of the day, we've done a great job identifying people that love the game, love it as much as we do and just want to sit here and talk about it, which is what this is supposed to be about. And, and I don't think we've had a bad one yet. It's they, they've, they've all been great. For sure. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think it's sort of evolved too, right, guys, in the sense of that wasn't necessarily, well, actually, did we really have a plan? <laughs> I was going to say that wasn't really what we planned, but I don't think we really had a plan. Um, but, you know, the guests have been so good that we sort of tilted our, our sort of direction towards more guest-oriented stuff. And, you know, by bringing in Matt, we can now they can sort of see the difference in the contrast between right. good ones and bad ones. <laughs> yep. Nope. So. I agree. <laughs> and we're, by the way i think now. we've peaked i think in <laughs> fairness we we should say that as good as chip was and he was great I, scott you called me the day before and i think you and i were in the exact same place with, with what the hell are we doing how are we supposed to actually do this and make it sound like something that anybody is going to think is worthwhile and i have to i will admit this I don't think I've ever been more nervous in my entire life than the first five minutes of that first podcast, because I had no idea what to do to make it sound like it would be something that would be worthwhile to anyone. Well, and I kept we've never hosted, right, Matt? Right. I mean, we, you and I did a radio show before this, but that was, we were answering questions. We were never asking them. We never right. hosted. And so part of our fear was, 
oh wait, we, we actually got to be hosting and asking and trying to create some sort of cohesion and Right. Anyway, I sound like an idiot to begin with. Now I have to sound like an idiot asking a question to the CEO. No, see, Cal Maddie, I disagree. That's... There's people everywhere who think you should be like a full time like radio guy. They think your voice is like spot on. I'm oh, telling I the, you, I have the worst voice ever. Are you kidding uh, I, me? No, I, well, you're not. You're selling yourself way short. First of all, <laughs> well, I think we all probably hate listening to ourselves. That's yeah, that's that's true. absolutely accurate. That's just right. human nature. Right. Uh, I will say this. You're going to listen to us every day. <laughs> I. I was I was nervous going to the chip episode, but I also knew it wasn't live, so we could just cut the whole thing if we needed to. So I was just so funny because I was going to say I remember Scott and I literally. It's like we were convincing each other that, well, you know, if it doesn't go well, this we never actually have to publish this. Nobody's ever going to hear it. Like that somehow was making it better. That was just making us more nervous that we were going to do a bad job. I was twenty four hours removed from tearing a ligament my, ligament in my hand. If you guys remember. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I was like, my head, you were my in head bad was shape there that day. What's that? You were in bad shape. I, 48 hours before Matt broke his collarbone, 24 hours before I tore a ligament in my hand, and then we had Chip Brewer on the podcast. So <laughs> it was a hell of a week. Uh, too good. You know what I've learned about this? So it's that I've really enjoyed it, right? I mean, more than anything else, I've, it's just been fun. And, and what I've learned is that we just are, we don't pretend to be anything more than we are, which is just, three guys who like to talk about golf and we're happy to have good people who like to talk about golf and it's just been fun. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I mean, once, once we get into it and doing it, I mean, I think we all agree we could do it for hours on end um, because it's, it's fun. It's like, it's, it's what we all like to do. We're passionate about it. So um, I think that we all have, plans that we're going to continue doing this in the 22. I, like I said earlier, I would like to, to see us get a little more consistent to get content out there and we'll try to do that. We'll endeavor to do that in the new year. I think we'll be able to do that now a little bit more. Um, so we're excited about it, but with that being said, since we're talking about 22, go ahead, TK. I was going to say you're rolling into perfectly. We, I, I think we need bold predictions for 2022, right? I'll give you mine. Here we go. Like like Matt Keen wins the state am. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna dial it back. We're going I from. Like, I don't think that's bold. PGA <laughs> Tour I think to New Hampshire <laughs> Amateur Golf at the New Hampshire State Am at Abenaki Country Club in Rye Beach, New Hampshire. Sam Natty holds the trophy in 2022. My dad oh, says he has the course record. And here's why I think that we played in, we played in August. <laughs> Sam had never seen the course and shot 66. And I said, well, you might have something going here, Sammy. <laughs> That's a good score. I think, right? Yeah. Right into my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there would be nobody more deserving. That's for sure. Sam is, I, how's his, uh, how's his elbow, by the way? Oh, I'm sure it's messed up. He'll be whining by the tournament time. Now Sam's getting a lot of run on this podcast, by the way. With Jake and Sam, we'll have to have Jake and Sam. Next. Oh, good grief! <laughs> Back up the bud truck. I'll need the I'll need the bleep button on the uh, editing software for that one. I think. <laughs> it's going to have to be a four AM show. All right, Scotty, give us a, a bold prediction for twenty two. All right, I am bullish on Patrick Cantlay. I think after the Tour Championship and the Ryder Cup, I am telling you, Patrick Cantlay will win a major in 2022. I like it. 
my other bold prediction, more on a personal note, I, I hemmed it hot on this one, but I do think Jake will make a birdie in qualifying next year with Tyler <laughs> Kelly. So like that's we're in the same foursome with different partners or I, I, I don't know that actually. I just think Jake's going to make a birdie this year qualifying. So there they are. Patrick Cantley wins a major. Jakey gets himself a little tweety. Like it. All right, Maddie, what do you got? All right, I got a couple. I got uh, I got Justin Rose winning the Masters. I think it's his time. I think he's going to have a little comeback. He's been he disappeared in 2021. I think he's he's going to come back and win the Masters. Uh, I think my second one is I think we're going to have an NHGA golfer make a serious run at a USGA event this year. And and Ace Eaton, a Chelsea Barrett, a thank you, Matt. Phil I appreciate that. Run. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Tyler. I definitely don't think it's going to be Sam, but I think, uh, I think we got somebody <laughs> making the semifinals this year in one of the USGA events. So I like it. I like that. That would be awesome. DK, is that, is Sam all you had? Oh, would you, what, what more is there? Here you go. Tiger I don't Woods. know how to answer that question. Tiger Woods wins the 150th open championship at St. Andrews in July. That is bold. That is bold. Love I'm it. Thrilled if I he plays it. it. So I, you know, you guys, you guys know me really well. This should be easy, right? Rory wins the Masters. What I'm else? Hundred percent. That's what I mean, my bold prediction. Yeah, is. That's nothing bold about that. Yeah. That's just I mean, literally that's okay. same old. Okay. Same you old. picked Patrick Cantlay to win a Rory. major. US he's Open. one of the best Rory. players in the world. Open. Rory. He has never won a major. Okay, but he's good. You're not picking. Uh, the 500 ranked player in the world, that would be bold. Okay. And Patrick Canley is a new topic um, that we've not touched on before, as opposed to. We talk about Rory. <laughs> no, we don't. You do. <laughs> oh, I'm nothing. If, if not a one trick pony. Your bold prediction with Rory would have been like, Rory goes. He wins the grand to the slam. Saudis. Rory goes to the Saudis. <laughs> that would, he would be crushed with that. I think. I think I would be, that would be. Yeah. That would be. Bad. I would be too. Actually, that'd be disappointing. Rory's not going to the Saudis, but that would I be agree bad. with you. How about this? Okay, so Rory wins the Masters, and the NHGA executive director tees it up in the NHGA Mid-Am this year, next year. How about that? Well, I have to get my handicap down. What I did, yes. Yeah. Oh, the Mid-Am. No, I was thinking the the Mid-Am match play. Okay. Do we want to talk about the schedule, Matt? Are we ready to bring this out so we know where we're playing? Yeah, this could be a little tease. Little tease. What do you want to know? (laughs) All of them. Well, the Ams at the Ams at Abenaki. That's always announced. It's gonna be great. Um, Opens at Breakfast Hill. You know, we're, we're still struggling with some of the other majors. No mid-am site yet. Um, no senior site yet. So it'll we're we're getting there. It's it's hard this time of year because we're so busy so late in the season when everybody's planning for next year that we're sort of chasing it, it feels like a little bit, but it'll be it'll be another it'll be another good schedule. Scott, you may want to put the mid-am on your calendar potentially is something Ooh. I'll throw out to you. Like it. Hey, I got. I got. They're they're reopening Hanover. Yeah, exactly. I wish. <laughs> Scotty, I, Scotty, I want your insights here. Yeah, I, I got. I got something I want to do in 2022 from a golf perspective, and I, yes. I think you've done something very similar. Hit a draw. So no, I well, I can do everything. I just don't know when it's happening. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you got to set up right to do it. I want to do the whole 72 you can jump hole in thing. Gator filled water too. But go oh, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> 
facts facts um i want to do the whole 72 whole solstice thing in and around the summer solstice okay yeah i know you've done something similar yeah uh, and i want to do it on the seacoast something like a portsmouth peas abenaki breakfast hill you know something like that right give me give me your give me your solstice story because i know or when you played and you just kept looping i love yeah. that story so so we uh it was actually a first tee thing in 2006, so the longest day of the year, June 21st, 2006, we had a foursome. We teed it up at Sagamore Hampton. And in the same day, we played how many holes? Foursome, and, and keep in mind, you had to put everything out. So it was actually a legitimate posting of a score. How many holes did we play? Once. 16 more we played 180 holes of golf in one day just gonna i was actually looking on my phone to see what was divisible by 18 so that's what was taking me so 10 long. rounds of golf i was yeah i did six plus as i well. shot 742 what was the recovery that's time pretty good i was actually pretty happy with it yeah that uh, is pretty good i was we were dead dog tired and so it was one of those really hot sunny days and we had each of us had a cart so we're just flying right but the problem is in those hot sunny days is the cart paths were all dirt and therefore mike peters was really good at being out in front with his cart <laughs> i was second so i only got mike's dirt chris house was behind me so we got mike's in my dirt and rob fagan was was behind him. So poor Rob was completely covered in dirt. So literally at the end of the day, I showered. I went, showered, lathered all up, get out of the shower, dry off. And my towel was so filthy from wiping oh. off that I got back in the shower again. Wow. But 180 holes in one day. Crazy. I think I, mean, I can't believe like, I missed it, by, <laughs> missed it by 64 holes. <laughs> I always tell people gas and guess higher than you can ever imagine. I was trying to guess high. So Bandon has this obviously Bandon solstice and playing 90 holes out there, obviously different than playing sag. That's walking, right? But it's it's 180 holes is wild. So I'm I'm hopeful to do this some type of 72 hole thing with Maddie and we'll figure out what course we have to do. And I just think it's like a fun thing to look forward to. Right, right. Doesn't sound very fun when you finished. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds pretty miserable. So the feeling of accomplishment, Matt. Like running a marathon, right? Your toenails are falling off, but at least you ran it. Put it this way. Give me the option of playing 10 rounds in a day running a marathon. Where's I'm the with you there. <laughs> Which Where's one can I have a beer day? in my car, right? Right. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for joining no, us. We're not we done yet. Come on. One last thing. Like we sign off on every single show, Matt Schmidt. Oh, that's right. I forgot. We got to get Maddie in his quick nine. God, what am I doing? Losing my fastball. You're on the hot (laughs) seat now, my friend. Thinking about Rory. Perfect. (laughs) I was. Trying to figure out what little mistletoe we can get for Rory. Uh, I'm going to get him a fathead for Christmas. (laughs) Rory fathead. All right, Maddie Keene. Walk or ride? Walk every time. Tyler doesn't love it. Seen you in a cart lots of times. Uh, no. Mulligan, we're on the first tee. 
I was, I would, you typically say no on this, but about two years ago at Portsmouth, every first tee shot I hit into the bunker that was about 190 yards in front of us and uh, needed that mulligan. So I'm going to say mulligan. Yes. Yes on mulligan. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. I'm getting some emphatic nods from your friend. Yeah, we we yeah. know that Matt doesn't do any stretching or like even hit one ball. And literally eight weeks in a row, the ball went in the bunker on the right. It's like, okay, we're down one through one every week. <laughs> Stroke play or match play? Uh, watching, there's nothing better than the Ryder Cup. So the match play on that, but I'm, I'm a stroke play fan. I like stroke play. Scotland or Ireland? I'm an Irish lad, so I'm going to say Ireland there. Want to go to Scotland, bucket list, Scotland's on top, but uh, but Ireland's. Have you played in Ireland? I have, I have. Jack or Tiger? I've watched Tiger the whole time. We're close to the same age, it's Tiger. Favorite course you have played and the course you most want to play? Favorite course I've played is Waterville in Ireland. I got it on one of those great you know, Irish days. It was uh, it was raining for half of it, sunny for half of it. It was just a, it was a fun day. Uh, great golf course. Uh, Want to play? I think most people would say Pine Valley or Cypress. I'm going to say medalist because I feel like maybe it's attainable. <laughs> well, it was well, at one point. Yeah, I'm going to say medalist. <laughs> oh, oh, TK, what are you wearing? A little medalist shirt? Uh, your favorite foursome that you do play with and the dream foursome that you would like to play with? That I do play with is a tough one. I'm going to lump, I'm going to lump my whole family. I've got four brothers and a dad. We all love golf. So I'm going to say my brothers and my dad is one. And then I, and this, the, the, the listeners are not going to like it, but I'm going to pick Sam Natty and Tyler Kelly as the other two. And honestly, I think I play about 99.9% .9 of my rounds with that group. So, uh, I'm going to keep that going. What about yeah. Richie Stover? Yeah. <laughs> three, holes. three holes here and there. And then right. Dream Forsome. Dream yeah. Forsome. Uh, that that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to say my brother, Jonathan, and I taking on Tyler and Jack at their peak. And then, but, but, we're guaranteed 18 holes, right? So we're gonna we're gonna play stroke play, I guess. I don't, I don't know what to do there, but Jack, I'd love to see Jack and 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 Tiger in their peak. That'd be pretty cool. The golf day or event you most look forward to every year. I think you guys know the answer to that one. Uh, it's it's the Tommy Kane Invitational. It's my favorite week of the year. Uh, driving up there on Thursday morning every year is is the best Thursday, best day of the year. Uh, watching though is is Masters Thursday. There's nothing better than getting geared up in April to to get ready for the golf season. So okay. Side thinking. note: Can we make sure you do your pool again in April? You know how many people I'm you let down? You're out. It. No, I'm changing it. Got to got to support Jared Rice. We're going to be doing a big players championship pool this year. <laughs> All 12 of your listeners can get in. Let's get this thing up to 50 bucks. We just grew exponentially. You are three. killing our listeners. You're just killing them. I mean, yeah. it's easily 15. <laughs> that include or exclude us. <laughs> All right. Last question. Last question in 2021 from the three-way mess group. What is your go-to 
post round beverage. A stone face IPA. <laughs> I got, I'm an IPA fan. Stone face is my thing on the golf course, Bud Lights, canteens, but after it's a stone face. Great stuff, Maddie. Great stuff. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, boys. Thanks for coming on. It's uh, guys, it's been a fun year. Obviously, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. It's been another roller coaster of a year, that's for sure. Um, a lot of ups and downs, but this podcast has sure been a, an up. That's that. That's for sure. It's been great doing this with you guys, and I can't wait to do it again next year and really kind of drill down on this thing and and get a regular schedule and annoy people that every every week or so they've got a, a brand new episode in their feed. I, I think it'll be awesome. Well, I've had a blast mess. as well. I've had a blast as well. Four-way mess podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't flatter yourself here, sport. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy All right, holidays, guys. Have everyone. a great holiday. Cheers. Cheers. Be well, Take guys. Care. Stay thirsty.